We've been talking about do not lose faith. Do not lose faith. Friends, we live in a time and a season where our faith is being challenged. And I said this the first time I talked about leading Christian celebrities who suddenly threw their faith out of the window. And people are troubled. People are concerned. Because we follow. We are in an age where we follow. Human beings have always followed someone. We follow people who are famous. Even before Twitter. Even before Facebook. Even before YouTube. We have always followed the famous. Whether they are famous soldiers. Famous warriors. Famous wrestlers. Famous boxers. Famous movie stars. We've always followed the famous. So Twitter makes it easy. Click, follow, click, follow. So you have someone who has one million people following them. So we've always had that. It's a, it, because the, in every human being, there's a need to be, uh, to, be, to be attached to something that is bigger than ourselves. Or someone that has more than we have. Or something that we admire. Or someone that we admire. There's that need there. God put it there. And it's meant to go to God. That's why we should be followers of Jesus. If we don't follow Jesus, we'll follow something else. We either follow fashion or we follow whatever, you know, the latest car or the latest trend. Nothing wrong with putting on nice clothes. But the point is, there is a need in human beings to follow something that we feel is better, brighter, bigger. In the process, when one of them who claims to be a Christian fails, it kind of rattles and then we went through the book of uh, we went we read about Mary and Martha how Jesus came into their home and Mary was listening to Jesus sitting at his feet Martha was busy and Martha felt offended we talked about that and how Jesus said Mary has received something that will not be taken away from her and I said that was a prophecy over the life of Mary Jesus was already saying Whatever you are going to face, whatever the devil will try to steal from you, he will not succeed. Friends, today I say to you also, I declare to you also in the precious name of Jesus, that Jesus has already prophesied over your life. It's not me prophesying. It's in John chapter 17 verse 3. Jesus was praying. If you go down John chapter 17 when he prayed in the garden, he prayed specifically. He said, I pray for the ones that you have given to me. That's the disciples. I also pray for the ones that will believe on the word that they will preach. Which includes you, right? You and me. So Jesus has already prayed for us. Now, you have no reason to fail. More than that, Jesus has also Continue to intercede for us at the right hand of God. Romans chapter 8 tells us that that he sits at the right hand of God interceding for us. Very important. So we must not lose faith. Mary and Martha lost their brother Lazarus. They had sent a message to the Lord. Your brother, your, your friend, our brother is sick. Come and pray for him because they knew what power Jesus had. As Christians, we have heard how powerful Jesus was and is. We have seen what he can do in the word. And so we expect him to perform miracles in our lives in his name. And sometimes miracles don't happen when we want them. 
And we can become discouraged. We can become discontented. We can become, uh, you know, uh, if we're not careful, dismembered from the body by a reason of our decision to walk away from God because of what we have not received from him. But you must remember that he's always been there for us. If there's a situation in our life that isn't going the way we want, maybe we're going through a test. Maybe we're going through a challenge to build our faith to the next level. Jesus' prophecy over Mary was that she had, uh, what she had would not be taken away. The Lord is interceding for us right now, friends. The third point, the death of Lazarus was a traumatic wilderness for Mary and Martha. We, we looked at that last week and the week before. Mary and Martha said the same thing except that Martha said something in addition. Mary said, if you, Martha said, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I believe that you are the Messiah. She added that, look, I have not lost my belief in you. I believe, but I am struggling. How many people feel that way sometimes? I believe, but I'm struggling. I believe, but this road is hard. I believe, but this mountain is too big. I believe, but this valley is too deep. I believe, but the road before me is crooked. I believe, but the ground is rough. I believe, but... But Mary said, Mary said, if you were here, my brother would not have died. And she stopped there. It's almost like Mary had lost her belief. I'm not saying she had. I'm only saying it's possible. And why do I say so? Because immediately Mary said, immediately Mary said what she said. Look at John chapter 10, my friends. John chapter 10. Sorry, John, John chapter 11. John chapter 11. Immediately <laughs> Mary said what she said. The Bible says in verse 33, <coughs> Excuse me. When Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up within him and he was deeply troubled. What made Jesus to be angry and to be deeply troubled? Let's keep going. It says in verse 34, he asked, where have you put him? He asked them. They told him, Lord, come and see. Then Jesus wept. Three things. Jesus was angry, Jesus was deeply troubled. Three, Jesus wept. What could cause Jesus to have these three things occur at that time? I believe if you go back to the text, the Bible says Mary arrived and saw Jesus. She fell at his feet and said, Lord, if only you had been here, my brother would not have died. And she continued to cry. Remember in Luke chapter 10 verse 42, Jesus said to her, he said, he said to Martha, what Mary has received will not be taken away from her. Last week, I, I asked the question, what can be taken away? And I listed four things, I believe. One is our passion for God. The other is our love for him. The other is our fellowship with him. The ability to receive and learn from him. Those things the enemy wants to take away. At this point... You could see the answer of Martha was different from Mary. Martha said, Lord, if you have been here, verse 21, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Do you see? Her level of faith had grown from the time when she was busy running around, walking around the house. So there was no need for Jesus to be angry here. 
But as soon as he saw that Mary was under threat of losing the key thing, the vital foundation of the Christian walk, the vital foundation of following Jesus, the vital foundation of declaring things in the name of Jesus Christ. When he saw that she was at that point, you remember how he said to Peter, the enemy has desired to do what? To sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that what? That your faith should not fail. Hmm. I have prayed for you that your faith. Is it only Peter that it applies to? It applies to you, David. It applies to Andaza. It applies to Irene. It applies to Joshua. It applies to you, Kevin. It applies to every one of us who are praying for someone else here. We all need an infusion of grace for our faith to stand strong in the Lord. We need to hear the word of God. For faith comes by hearing and hearing what? The word of God. So the death of Lazarus threw a spanner in the works. It was a traumatic wilderness to Mary and Martha. And why do, I bring the, why do I bring the word wilderness into it? Because I told you about four environments that every Christian will come across. The four environments are listed in Isaiah chapter 40. They are called valleys, mountain, curves, and rough places. Say it with me. Valleys, mountains, curves, rough places. And the death of Lazarus threw them into a traumatic wilderness. And when you have lost someone, it's like a valley. When you have lost someone who is so close to you, it becomes a mountain. Because sometimes you say, God, why did you allow this person to go? Why was it this one? Why did you let this happen? Okay. And sometimes we, we see it as a crooked path. The King James Version calls it the curves, a crooked path. It becomes crooked. It's not straight anymore. Things are complicated now. It's never easy to lose a loved one. And then rough places, it becomes rough. It's no longer uneven because a very important factor has been removed. And let's not, let's not even go that far. The scripture gives us very, very serious examples. But let's look at other things that happen that could also be serious. You are waiting on God for something. You are believing God for a promotion. You are believing God regarding, you know, passing a qualifying exam. And each time you've tried the exam, it's like, boom, <laughs> you don't pass. I remember someone who had that challenge in their lives. I prayed for this person and they did not pass the exam. And then it's like, oh, what's happening, God? And then we had to pray again. And I had to keep giving this person a lot of encouragement to say, keep going. Don't lose your faith because you asked God for something and it hasn't happened. I want to tell you something about these four environments that Mary and Martha were going through that we all go through. If we examine the four solutions to these four traumatic wilderness environments, we will see that there are solutions. The Bible says every valley shall be what? Filled in. Somebody say filled in loud and clear. Oh, it was somebody. Everybody say filled in loud and clear. Okay? Filled in. What will happen to mountains? They will be what? So I will call them one by one. You tell me. Are they all up there? Oh, okay. I think they're taking them one by one. Thank you, guys. I love that. That's good. Okay, for valleys, what will happen? For valleys, there will be? Mountains will be what? Curves will be what? Rough places will be what? Smoothened. Or smooth. Whatever pronunciation or smoothened. Smoothed. Okay. The dictionary didn't correct me, so don't correct me. <laughs> all right. So, Solutions have to be called out. And this is important. So let's go to Isaiah chapter 40, verse 6 to 8. Isaiah 40, 6 to 8. Isaiah 40. You know, I, I love to really use the word. Isaiah 46 to 8. 
Because the scriptures are just amazing. Isaiah 46 to 8. Now, um, remember, when I teach from the scriptures, I always bear in mind that there is a place for context. There is also a place for content. Now, context is how people are, we're taught in the Bible colleges and seminaries. We, we, people, we want to stay, we don't, we, because of the risk of error, it's important to contextualize scripture. But the danger of context, and I, this is strange when I say the danger of context, is that you may stay in the context so much so that God may want to speak to you from the content. Somebody say content. See, the content of the word is the depth of the word. And the depth of the word is what? Is eternal. The depth of the word has no bottom. No top. No height. No There's no Because the word is a person. The word is Christ manifested in the flesh. The word is Christ revealed. And who is Christ? Who is Christ? Who is Christ? Son of God. What else is Christ? Who else is Christ? God in flesh without any apology. This is the contest of the Christian faith or anyone, they may not call themselves Christians, anyone who follows, whether they are Messianic Jews or whatever, anyone who follows the Messiah Jesus, this is the bone of contention. This is the rock of offense that we dare to call Jesus God. Because if we don't, then we lose all of the power. It, he said, it, all, all power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. The, the, the contest of the Christian faith, the contest is calling Christ God. Well, we did not say he was God or he's God. He called himself God. In fact, this was the very reason why the Jews killed him. For daring to equate himself. Because say, you, you are not even up to 50 years old. And you say before Abraham was you. What's wrong with you? They began to say he was loopy in the head. They even said he had a demon. He said, oh my goodness. All sins will be forgiven. But the sin against the Holy Spirit. That will not be forgiven. I'm working through the Holy Spirit. Are you following me this morning, friends? Every valley will be filled in. Mountains will be leveled. Curves will be straightened. Rough places will be smoothened. So what are the solutions? Uh, how, do we, how do we have this? How do we, how do we bring these solutions? We have to call them out. We have to call them out. In Isaiah chapter 40 verse 6 to 8. Let, let me read from verse 3. Say, listen. It's the voice of someone shouting. Clear the way through the wilderness for the Lord. Make a straight highway through the wasteland for our God. Fill in the valleys. Level the mountains and hills. Straighten the curves. And smooth out the rough places. Then the glory of the Lord will be revealed. And all people will see together the Lord has spoken. A voice said, shout. Now in the New King James Version, it says, a voice said, call out. Call out. That's why I use the word call out. A voice said, shout. I asked, what should I shout? It says, watch this. Shout that people are like the grass. Their beauty fades as quickly as the flowers in a field. The grass withers and the flowers fade beneath the breath of the Lord. And so it is with people. The grass withers and the flowers fade. But the word of our God stands forever. I want you to shout. God says to his prophet, I want you to cry out. I want you to declare the answer to the valleys. The answer to the hills and the mountains. The answer to the crooked paths. The answer to the uneven or rough places is that you cry out the, 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 the desire of God. You declare it. You must shout it out. 
You must cry it out. Hallelujah. That's why when we are singing Jesus, lover of my soul, it must come from the bottom of our hearts. When we are singing the first song, blessed be your name, I was dancing. You know, I wasn't making a show because I'm the pastor of the church. You know what? Before I became a pastor, I am a Christian. And by the way, pastor is just a title. It's not even necessary. It, the, the reality of the fact is I'm an elder of the church. And being an elder of the church, I am a Christian foundationally. If I leave this position or this responsibility, I am a Christian. And I'm dancing and rejoicing and clapping my hands because the Bible says, clap your hands, all you people. Shout unto God with a voice of triumph. See that? Shout unto God. The triumphant will shout. Those who will be triumphant will shout. You see, the triumphant will shout. Those who are not yet triumphant are going to be triumphant, but they have a responsibility to shout the triumph into existence. <laughs> Solutions have to be called out. That's what we called out. If there's a valley, you tell the valley, you must be filled. If there's a mountain, you tell the mountain, you must be leveled. You continue to declare it. You continue to speak it. You continue to pray it. And then you find what God wants you to do. The beauty of crying out is that as we cry out in prayer, as we cry out in confessions, as we cry out in the secret place, God who sees in secret will reward us in the open. When you come against the mountains, when you come against the situations that are standing before you, as you declare them leveled, as you declare them filled, as you declare the, the crooked path made straight, it will begin to happen. In fact, we should begin to say, you know, I'm beginning to feel that there are more people in this city who should hear this word. Did you know that? But there's a time and a season. We have been training the disciples. You know, today I was sitting down for the rest of the year. I am not going to come up for the, uh, the, 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 the bridge. I don't need to. Because there are people here who can do that very, very well. And I can just come and do the rest of the message. I, I, you know, because they also have a message. The quick word study. You heard how beautiful that was. You know, when we have discipled people, when people have been discipled, and they have the word, they're rich of the word, they shouldn't just sit on that word. They should release it. They should give it out. Hallelujah. There are more people in our city who should hear the word of God. We can do all we want to do. We can try all we want to try. We can spend all we want to spend. If our timing and our season has not come, we just stay where we are, do what he says we should do until the time has come. There are some mountains that you will see for a long time because they are mountains. They're not hills. They are big. And it's not that God can do this to those mountains. But in the process of bringing down the mountain, you are being trained. You are being built up. You are getting stronger. One day you see a mountain and say, it's as high as Kilimanjaro. You say, your mountain. You know what? The one who destroyed the previous mountain will destroy this mountain. Your faith is now big enough to go through that mountain. Hallelujah, somebody. Are you here with me? Friends, I want to round up by saying this. No, not, not round up yet. <laughs> Jesus shouted to call Lazarus out from the dead. The Bible says shout. Jesus shouted to call someone from the dead. I, I read in a blog one day, a guy was upset by a pastor in the United States. He said, why is he always raising his voice? He doesn't need to raise his voice to get his point across. He had no understanding that as the pastor was, as the preacher was raising his voice, demons were quaking. It's not just a physical raising of the voice. It's something that is happening deep down. The Bible says deep calls unto deep. <laughs> and he, the, 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 the foolish comment or commenter did not realize that the voice of the minister was going beyond the building. You think as I'm speaking here, you're the only ones hearing me? You think only the uh, people who watch it on Tuesday or through the week are here? No, 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 no. In the spiritual realm, the word is proclaimed. 
and the, our Lord is the governor among the nations. He sits upon the circle of the earth. The authority I have upon this stage, you think it's only you? No, it goes beyond. In the spiritual realm, people are being woken up from their slumber. They don't even know where it's coming from. That is why the spiritual world is a mystery. We have to be faithful to the call of the Lord upon our lives and not be disobedient to the heavenly vision. Man, my time is running. Friends, let me tell you something. Jesus shouted to call out the dead. He said, Lazarus! After he was angry, friends, are you angry enough to shout? <laughs> After he was upset by Mary's condition, hey, she's about to lose her faith. Are you upset enough? When you look at Joy Fountain Church, you say, we need a money for our own build. We need money for our building. We need to have our own place. We need to have youth night on Fridays. Are you angry enough to shout and say, come forth? Level the mountains, straighten the crooked path. How angry are you at the things that the enemy has put in our way? How angry are you? The Bible says that the devil comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Here was the enemy trying to steal from Mary. And you think Jesus will go there and begin to sing a lullaby? No, this is not the time for lullaby, my friend. This is the time to hammer the enemy with the hammer of the word. A time to cut the enemy in pieces with the sword of the Lord. And a time to burn the enemy with the fire of the word. Hallelujah. My friends, let me tell you. Look, I feel like preaching this morning. Oh my goodness. Kanda. Lord, I bless you. Look, let me tell you, friends. There is a truth of the word that the enemy cannot stand. It is the truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Are you blessed this morning? Amen. Call out a feeling. Call out a leveling. Call out a straightening. Call out a smoothing. And we will see that in the name of Jesus Christ. I want to round off by saying, now I want to round off. Call out solutions with worship. Call out solutions with worship. Because sometimes, I'll tell you this. The problems, you don't even know where they are coming from. The difficulties, you can't put a finger on it. So what do we do? We submit in worship. And we can worship in word. For example, when we say pray on a Sunday. When we say give thanks, you say, Lord, I give thanks to you for my life. I give thanks to you for my wife, for my husband, for my children, for my nieces, for my nephews, you know, for my job. When you do that, you know what you're doing? Thanksgiving is actually worship. Worship invites his presence. Now, let me tie this to the message because you'll be wondering, where did this come from? Very clear. In Isaiah 40, you know, I was talking about how... Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, he said, a voice said, shout in verse 6. If you read to verse 31, so read it at home tonight, that's your assignment. If you read it all the way to 31, in 31 it says, but those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. They will walk and not faint. Those that wait upon the Lord. What does it mean to wait upon the Lord? Serve him. Those that worship him. Those who stand by night and lift up their hands those who stand by day and lift up their voices in worship he says they will renew their strength they will mount up with wings like eagles worship invites his presence worship invigorates angelic activity if we worship we increase angelic activity worship elevates and expands the believer's spirits when we worship, our spirit is expanded. The capacity to receive is expanded. Today, friends, I hope you have been blessed. I hope you have taken something from the word today. Don't be discouraged. Don't lose faith. No matter what you see, the enemy wants us to lose our faith. 
Because like I ended last week, faith is a currency of heaven. And I reminded you, currency doesn't only mean money. Actually, it's just one. It's, 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 currency means way more. And I, and I ended that same way last week, talking about how the current, a river has a current, right? Electricity is current. We have current bank accounts. We have, our bill has to be current. Otherwise, they will cut your phone line off. Current. Faith is a currency of heaven. Faith is how we are aligned to heaven. That's why our faith must grow. That's why our faith must increase. That's why our faith must be strong. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord strengthen you. May the Lord uphold you. Have you been blessed today? I want you to give the Lord, not me, the Lord, a round of applause. However you feel in your heart, give him that round of applause.